Hello and welcome back to the Born Again Podcast. Hope you're all having a great day. Just wanted to start out by letting you know that today's episode will be a little bit different than usual. I was recently invited to be a guest on the Wicked or Wise podcast with my friend Rachel Carpenter. She has a phenomenal show where she takes a deep dive into the lives of women in scripture. She's now bringing on guests to tell their stories. You need to make sure to go and check that out. Add her show to your podcast library. We discussed my testimony of how I came to the Lord and also a few things I've learned about the will of God. I hope this episode will be an encouragement to you. I've already received some really great feedback from some who've already listened. And I want you guys to know how much I really do appreciate your input. It makes my day to know that this really does help somebody. So always feel free to reach out to me on social media. And as always, your Apple Podcast reviews really do help us out so much. It helps spread the word and it helps others to be able to see the show. So with all that being said, here's my interview on the Wicked and Wise podcast. So today we have joining us Hagen Lee of the Born Again podcast. And if you haven't tuned into that podcast, you're missing out. You need to get your behinds over there. Start listening because it's amazing, amazing, word-inspired, God-inspired content. It's challenged me. It's blessed my heart. It's enriched my life. And you need to be listening to his stuff. And so without further ado, hi, Hagen. How are you doing today? Hello, Sister Rachel. How's it going? It's going great. I'm very, very excited and thankful that you were able to make time in your newborn's schedule <laughs> to hop on a podcast with right. me. <laughs> <laughs> Just joined the dad club uh, November 15th, and I have a list full of dad jokes and <laughs> I'm just making great plans for the dad life. Love it. I'm enjoying every second of it. I really am appreciating the dad joke touch on the podcast. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I appreciate it. I hope I can make somebody laugh along the well, way. Well, I'm a sucker for a dad joke, so I laughed hard. So you got at least one laugh out there. <laughs> All right. So awesome. to set the scene for your story, because we have you here today to tell your life story as much as you're comfortable sharing. I did a little digging into what was going on in the world that you were born into, just because kind of like when I tell the stories of the women in scripture, I just I like to know what's going on in the culture kind of, I don't know, adds a little fresh spin on things. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to list off just a couple of random events that happened the year that you were born. Some of these are kind of sad. So I'm sorry for that in advance. But this one's a good one. Whitney Houston released her I Will Always Love You single. This one's a sad one. I guess that was the year Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, died filming that movie, which I didn't realize that was so recent. I thought that was further back. This one is really weird. So everybody knows I'm a David fangirl. Well, there was a cult called the Davidians. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the end of the 51-day standoff with the FBI happened then, which I started to look into, and then I had to stop because I ran out of time. But for a brief overview, basically the guy who ran the cult felt like he was supposed to be the new David and conquer the world by wedding and birthing children, I guess. Yeah, that was kind of messed up. That actually came to an end the month that I was born. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeesh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was a very sad story. It was. Yeah, a lot of people died. Was it like, I think, 70-something people died when the right. standoff finally came to an end between them and the police? That's nuts. And a lot of them were children, yeah, from the what Waco I understand. Yeah, Waco and Waco. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that year, too, the United States Air Force started allowing women to fly warplanes. Spielberg released Jurassic Park, which I'm a diehard fan, so that was really cool. I've never once seen that movie. You haven't? Oh. No, I haven't. The first time I saw it, I was too little to have watched it. My parents didn't realize how scary it was going to be, and they were just like flipping through the channels at a hotel, I think. And we got to the scene where the the T-Rex like rips the roof off the guy in the bathroom, and that was the end of it for me. I was I was both hooked <laughs> and terrified. It was over then. Yeah. Yep. All over. Yeah. It's also the the year that Michael Jordan first retired and went to the MLB. So wow, that was kind of monumental. That was not on my list, but, but that is comeback. an important thing, right? That's right. <laughs> this one is kind of well. I mean, it goes along with recent headlines. It was also the year Princess Diana announced her withdrawal from public life, and then also the females branch of the UK Navy was joined or integrated into the regular Royal Navy, so they weren't separated out anymore. So yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. <laughs> yes, Beanie Babies came out in 93. Are you serious? Wow. Yes, they did. Gosh, I, I do. Had a large collection. Yeah, I think all of us did. I just looked up the other day. Gas was $1.16. And oh. The average new car was like $12,000. So I'd, I'd give anything to go back to that. But here we are. Jeez. Okay. Well, so that was what was going on in the world at large. What was the world like that you were born into? What was your family life like? What were your parents like? Where were you born? That kind of stuff. Whatever you're willing to share. Yeah, sure. So I was raised in small town, Mississippi. My dad was from New Hebron, Mississippi, which is a population of about 500 people. My mom was from a place called Silver Creek, Mississippi, about 10 miles down the road, and that's a population of 200 people. So I came from the absolute middle of nowhere. I like to tell people, in our county, there's one red light in the whole county. Wow. That is a true statement. <laughs> That's impressive. So I come from nowhere. My grandfather, my mom's dad, was a Baptist pastor. All my family is Baptist. I was raised that way. And my other grandpa was a pharmacist for 49 years. And I feel like I was blessed with really the greatest grandparents in the world. I mean, they were just just jewels, you know. And mm -hmm. my parents were great people still are great people. But, you know, I remember a time telling my grandfather, who was a pastor, I, there was a person who was, I don't know, maybe cracked out or something. I hate to use that term, but I remember looking at that person. I was probably five or six years old, and I turned to my grandpa and I said, Pappy, I said, I, I never want to become like that. And I don't even know what he said, but I remember distinctly saying that, mm. you know, just seeing a broken person and having the thought go through my mind, I don't want to become like that. But, you know, you fast forward and I didn't have a bad childhood, but at the same time, you know, I just, I always felt like I was missing something maybe. Mm. And by the time I was 12 years old, I had already started drinking. I think maybe when I was 13, I believe was the first time I smoked marijuana. And wow. it just, it began to just 
snowball out of control. When I got my license, you know, I kind of tried to calm it down a little bit. All my friends would just live the party life and I would be the one at the party who would just sit there and kind of listen to my iPod, you know, and kind of disconnect. I was real quiet Mm -hmm. and I would be the DD. I would drive my friends home and I always kind of had a level head, but the more time you spend in an atmosphere like that, the party crowd and rough lifestyle, it just kind of begins to to leech on to you. And, sure. And you can say, well, I, I'm not going to become this. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to go that far to where I've just lost myself, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the thing about sin. It'll take you so much further than you're wanting to go. You see the pleasure. You see the moment of fun. and And you think, man, this is the best thing I've ever experienced. But you don't see the end result of that. And that's where I found myself when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. I was committing all kinds of sin, you know, whether it was sexual sin, uh, which is the one nobody wants to talk about, right? (laughs) Right. I started doing pills, any kind of pill I could get my hands on. I would, I mean, I'd steal them from people, you know, and the weed smoking really just took a turn. You know, I I probably Mm -hmm. smoked a dump truck load of weed in my life, to be honest with you. (laughs) Started selling it and just, hanging out in more dark areas. My friends were drug dealers. I began to deal drugs. I mean, you name any drug I could get my hands on, that's what I was doing from cocaine to crystal meth to mushrooms. I mean, just you name it, I was doing it in and out of jail. And I had just gotten to the point where I wanted to end it all. I I saw no hope in life. I, you know, little did I know I had become the very thing that I said I never wanted to become, just a, a hopeless drifter, basically. I can remember like my senior year, just I would leave home and not tell my mom where I was going. I'd stay going for two weeks at a time, you know, just strung out and hiding away and doing my own thing. You know, it probably wasn't true. I had people that loved me and cared about me, but I, I felt like nobody cared and I felt like my life was just worthless. You know, I Mm -hmm. I saw no value in myself. Do you think any of that had to do with where you grew up in that really small town area where there weren't a lot of people around? Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing to do around here. So the evenings are filled with just sitting around a campfire drinking, you know, listening to music and everything else that goes along with that. So that's kind of just the trap you fall into. Uh, back road riding. I mean, we're here in deep south Mississippi. There's literally nothing to do. I feel like those vices probably were some of that, you know, Mm -hmm. rooted in some of that. But I think it comes down to mainly just having no self-worth and Mm. basically thinking life can never be better. I'd gotten to the place where every day I would just see myself with a gun to my head pulling the trigger. Mm. I would drive down the road at night, even when I was sober, and I would just start to hallucinate. I mean, I was literally losing my mind. I remember thinking, I'm going to have to be in a mental institute. I mean, I just don't know how to get a grip on my life. I remember sometimes waking up in the morning completely paralyzed. I would have my eyes wide open, and I could not move my arms or legs. And that's just how out of control I had become. You know, Satan had just totally had his way with my life. And I'd gotten to the place where I said, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to throw it all away. And one night I was about to decide to just end it, you know, finally get to that point where I could let it all go and everything would be better if I would just take my life. But, you know, that's the greatest lie the enemy could ever tell you is that your life has no meaning. 
and that you don't have a purpose and nobody cares mm-hmm. about you. There's millions of people out there that feel that way. Yes. But it's the furthest thing from the truth. Each and every one of us are put here for a divine purpose. It was probably 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. And I'd gotten to the place where I didn't even believe in God. But that night, something just spoke to me. And now I know it was the voice of God. But at the time, it was just an urge that I had. Go grab a Bible. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know where a Bible is. I don't even believe in God anymore. But something gripped my heart and said, go get a Bible. And I walked in my room and there was a Bible sitting on my dresser. Don't have a clue why, but I grabbed it. And I grabbed a flashlight and walked outside and I prayed for the first time in years. And I said, God, if you really care about me, if you're really there, if you can really hear me, if you're even real, I want you to speak to me when I open this Bible. I opened it up and my eyes fell to the place in Psalm chapter 37. I believe it's verse 23 where the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I threw the Bible down and I said, well, God must not be speaking to me because I know I'm not a good person, you know, Mm. but I just had that urge, keep reading. And it was just the voice of God reaching out to me in my darkest moment, keep reading. And so I began to read the rest of that chapter. And it's kind of funny, this ties right in with the name of your podcast, Wicked or Wise. Mm. That chapter is talking about the life of a wicked man versus the life of a wise man and those two paths that they take end in different destinations he says i passed by and i saw the wicked man and he was flourishing like a like a tree planted by the water you know like a green bay tree and then i passed back by soon after and he was gone you know he was destroyed and when i realized what that scripture was speaking to me i mean i just i began to weep because it was like god showed me okay you can choose your path this wicked path that you've been walking for years and you're about to destroy yourself. You're about to end it all and you're going to be destroyed in eternity. But if you'll follow (laughs) after me, if you'll make that decision to trust me with your life, I'll forgive you and I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you a life not only in the future, not only for eternity, but I'll give you a life here on earth worth living. I called my grandpa the next day and I told him everything that I had done, how I'd thrown my life away, basically. And of course, all the shame that goes along with that, it broke his heart to find all that out. But he led me back through the the sinner's prayer where you admit, you know, that you've done wrong and you believe in Jesus and you, you admit that he is your savior. He's the only thing that can help you at the moment, the only one that can help you. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I did. You know, at nine years old, I'd done the same thing. I'd committed my life to God. I had accepted him as my savior. But at that moment, it was like I was just repeating tradition and I felt nothing. And then the next couple of days, I was back doing the same stuff and feeling suicidal again, you know. And so I prayed again and I said, God, there's no doubt that you're real. I know you've reached oh, for me. Yeah. I said, but. There's got to be more. I'm missing something. And I know I don't have everything that you have for me. Well, I struggled along for a few months, you know, still living that old lifestyle of sin. I really just didn't know how to change. And 
on the way to college one morning, I had a car wreck. And the, the man that I ran into was 93 years old. And somehow we both left that mm-hmm. scene without a scratch on us. And again, it was the Lord trying to wake me up. And so I said, okay, God, I'm, I surrender all. And every day after college, wow. I would come home and read my Bible and pray and just seek after God, you know. And I said, okay, if I'm going to be Baptist, why am I going to be Baptist? What do we believe and why do we believe it? And I traced the roots back mm-hmm. to the Nicene Council. I think it was like year 326 where the doctrine of the Trinity was created. But I thought to myself, well, what was before that? You know, what did the disciples believe? What did Jesus actually teach mm-hmm. the church? What did, you know, what did the apostles say was the right thing to do? And why did it get changed? Well, somewhere in that season of life, somebody invited me to a Pentecostal church for the first time. And I'm just going to tell you, Rachel, the only thing I'd ever heard about Pentecostals was the was that they were crazy, okay? <laughs> you need to stay away from them. They're weird. They don't watch TV. They dress like pilgrims, you know? I don't... I mean, it's fair. They were just crazy, okay? <laughs> That's the only thing I knew. But I'll tell you this. When I walked through those back doors mm-hmm. of that Pentecostal church, I knew without a doubt that what I had been searching for was in that church. And after service that night, I walked up to the pastor and I said, Pastor what am I feeling here? There's something different in the atmosphere. And he smiled and he said, that's the Holy Ghost. And the Bible Mm -hmm. says you need the Holy Ghost to be saved, which, I mean, that just blew my mind. You know, I've never even heard this. Right. I had three dreams back to back within a few weeks time. This was December of 2012 when I started going to church. And sometime between then and about the middle of January, 2013, I had a dream that I was trying to go be baptized and I could see the baptistry. I was in a robe, you know, I was trying to walk up to it, but it was like people just kept coming in front of me and stopping me. You know, people I cared about were just trying to get in the way Mm -hmm. and I just never could make it. And finally, kind of the dream switched and I was in this big lake and I looked around and there were thousands of people watching me. It's kind of like the Lord was showing me there's... There are people in your life that are going to watch what's happening to you. And you're going to be an influence on these people. Uh And I look down and there's a chain wrapped around my foot. I know this sounds crazy, but this is the dream that I had. Okay. And there was a man there about to baptize me. And whenever he went to dip me under the water, a boat took off. And I realized that boat was connected to the chain on my foot. (laughs) And it drug me away and I never was able to be baptized. And I Hmm. woke up immediately. Well, that same week, people that I cared about, my friends, they all tried to stop me from being baptized in Jesus' name. I realized God was showing me that in the dream. I mean, there was people cussing me out and just, I mean, it was, they were making up lies about me. It was just unbelievable, the attack that was coming on my life. Wow. I had made the decision, I'm going to be baptized. You know, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. I see in the Bible that this is the only way they were baptized, and this is what the disciples taught, and this is what they actually did. Mm -hmm. So I had another dream, uh, maybe a week later or so, and I was in this line of hundreds of people. And again, maybe that was the Lord showing me, "There's you're not the only one. You know, there's thousands of people that have done this before you. And I was in this line, and we were all walking through a river, 
and we would come up on the other side clean. We went down underneath the water, came up on the other side. And when I got to the other side, I looked downstream and my shoes were floating away. And I woke up and I thought to myself, well, that's kind of strange. Why did I dream that? And the way the Lord speaks to me, it's just kind of a gentle nudge, maybe a thought. And I know it's not a thought that, that came from my own mind, you know. And it was like he told me, if you'll be baptized in Jesus' name, if you'll be obedient to what my word says, to the things that I've shown you, I'll wash away that old lifestyle. I'll wash away that old path you used to walk. And just as in the dream, your shoes floated away, that old path is going to float away. And so I made the decision to be baptized January 30th, 2013. That's been 10 years ago. And I had a third and final dream. I dreamed I was in this church and I was standing down front with my hands lifted and I was speaking in another language. And all this is foreign to me. You have to understand, I've never heard of this, okay? This is totally new. Uh, I'm standing there speaking in tongues Hmm. in this church. And then all of a sudden, the scene shifts, and I'm standing in a brand-new basketball gymnasium. There's painter's cloths laying around. There's, like, paint cans and paintbrushes, and the drywall is unfinished. You can tell it's it's being freshly built. Uh, There's scaffolding put up. Mm-hmm. Well, I wake up and I, I really don't think anything about the dream. At this point, I had already been baptized and our church youth group was going to a church in Louisiana. Our pastor was going to be preaching. Well, some at some point in that service, I just decided to lift my hand. You know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I wanted to live for God and I wanted to serve him. And uh, I think this may have been the first time I ever even lifted my hands. but. I came to myself probably 30 minutes later and I was standing down the front of this church with probably 20 men around me and I was speaking in a new language. Well, after church that night, the pastor of that church came up to us. He said, hey, before you guys leave, I want to show you all something. He said, come over here across the parking lot. And we walked into a brand new gymnasium. Everything that was in the dream, I was looking at in real life. And it was unfinished. You know, the, the painter's cloth, the paint cans, the paintbrushes, the scaffolding. It was all just like the dream. And it was like God showed me each step of the way how I would be saved and how he would reach me. And, you know, things that I would come up against. It, it just blows my mind to this day to think about it. And honestly, I feel the Holy Ghost right now even telling you the story. Uh, it's just amazing that when yeah. I wasn't looking for him. He came to me and he said, here, there's two paths before you and you can choose the wise path or you can choose the wicked path. Mm. And if you'll choose that wise path, I'll do great things with your life. And you'll be in heaven with me for all of eternity. And I can't tell you that I've been perfect the whole time. I mean, I've made many mistakes along the way. I've fallen into sin, but I've, I've never left the church and I've never stopped going to the altar. Two years later, I had been praying and I said, God, I want a wife, but I don't want just any wife. God, I want you to send me somebody that's like me, you know, somebody from the world, quote unquote, that's never known this truth. And a girl that Mm -hmm. I went to high school with, 
we were kind of, we had mutual friends and, you know, we talked a little in high school. She started messaging me out of the blue, just kind of asking me, you know, what our church believed and why I was going to this Pentecostal church. She had seen the change in my life. So I just, I would kind of tell her, you know, this is what we believe. I'd lay out scripture for her and she'd ghost me, you know, she wouldn't text me back for a couple months and I'm just like, whatever, you know, if you don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just telling you everything I know. And uh, she would do that probably every few months. You know, she would just pop in like, hey, I'm kind of curious. And then she would never respond. One day she texted me and she said, hey, I want to come to church. I said, okay, well, I'm actually preaching this Wednesday night if you'd like to come. She said, okay, I'll be there. And guess what? She never showed up. (laughs) Oh, no, she stood you up. Ouch. (laughs) She did. Well, I believe it may have been the next service, maybe. She came to church and she loved it. Wow. Probably a couple weeks after that, God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost and she was baptized in Jesus' name. And six months later, we got engaged. And six months after that, we got married. (laughs) It's just the greatest life you could ever live. My wife, Lydia, we've been together now for. Seven years. We actually got married on my baptism birthday, which was January 30th. Aww. And. Wow. Yesterday, February the 5th, I just celebrated 10 years of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Back in November, you know, we had our little girl, Naomi Faith. Mm-hmm. I'll actually be talking about how the Lord gave her to us on my next podcast episode and how God can heal infertility. Oh. But it's just amazing, you know, what God can do with your life. If you'll give it to him. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I'm kind of speechless over here. You actually answered every question that I had. I've been checking them off as you've gone. (laughs) I am so sorry. I just rambled on. No, you are great. (laughs) That was amazing. Actually, I was kind of cracking up too, because where you were talking about the scripture, the righteous path or the evil path and picking and choosing and like, you don't know this because I didn't say my introduction in front of you, but I have a new introduction written for this new series. And in it, I talk about the choice between wicked or wise and one choice can rewrite your destiny. Wow. This is going to be an amazing kickoff episode. (laughs) The spirit is here. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. This was really perfectly, I don't want to say scripted, but spiritually scripted. You know, the Holy Spirit inspired the script for this as a kickoff to the series. All glory to God. I give God the glory for it. It's amazing how he'll confirm things to you. Yes. And I, I just want to say, while I have the chance, I I really appreciate everything you're doing with your podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I recommend it all the time. If you know, I see somebody on social media saying, "Hey, give me some good podcasts," or or if I if I meet anybody that's looking for a good Bible based podcast, I tell them go to Wicked or Wise because it is just amazing the way that you craft your episode and you go into detail about these women and. Uh, I just, I really believe God's using you to do great things. And I especially appreciate the moments that you're vulnerable Mm. and, you know, kind of the way you've, you've gone unscripted and kind of let us in a little bit into your life. That helps people to see that there really is hope for them. And I think that's probably the goal that we both have in mind is helping somebody to see that God can really do a work in your life. and. And you do have a life of value and purpose. And I just appreciate 
your willingness to spend all these hours. I know you're not getting paid a dime probably to do this. I'm not either. Uh, it's just, it's a work that we want to do for people. Uh, maybe, I guess it's a calling, honestly. To spend of ourselves, to, to pour into other people. Because I think the reason we do it is because God's poured so much into us and we just want to give a little back. But I just wanted to let you know that you really are making an impact, and I wanted to, to be able to say that. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate that, and you were spot on. You know, he gave us so much, so many blessings. Absolutely. How selfish it would be for us to keep that trapped up inside when there are countless hurting people out there who need just a glimpse of hope, the hope that we can sometimes take for granted if we're not careful. So I very much appreciate that. And along with what you were saying, something God really impressed on my heart when I was going through a season of darkness in my own life was that He doesn't make mistakes. And so even if you were told from birth, which this wasn't my case, but even if you were told from birth that you were an accident upon creation, that might be how your parents felt, but that's not how God feels. He doesn't make mistakes. Every single life was a choice that He made, and He he breathed right. that life. So if you are living, you have purpose, you have value, and you have worth. so true. And He has something for you if you'll just seek Him for it. Absolutely. And to speak to that, part of my story is exactly that. I think maybe that's mm. one of the reasons that I felt like I didn't matter is because my parents never got married. They had me and they went their separate ways, you know. They got along and everything like that, and I still had both parents in my life, and they, they did the best that they could, so I don't fault them yeah. at all. But I think there is something to be said about the family unit being mm -hmm. broken up. It kind of makes you feel incomplete, like you're missing something. The great thing about God is he's a good father, and you know if it's the case that you don't have your mother, he can fill any void in your life, any loss that you've ever faced, any negative thing that you think about yourself. God can fill that space with him. If you'll just be open with him and honest about what you're feeling and what you're facing, what you're going through, there's not a single thing in this world that he can't deliver you from. Amen. I've been delivered from depression, anxiety. I mean, I've, I've taken the medicine. I've done everything that the doctors say you can do, but none of that worked. Uh, I've tried every drug you can think of that I could ever find in this little small town, and I can tell you it didn't work. The only thing that works is giving your life to God and letting him fill you with his spirit, being obedient to his word and applying these principles to your life. Yes, that's so true. So true. And I loved your recent episode, Daddy Issues, on your podcast, especially really enjoyed the part where you dived into the old rabbinic tellings of the prodigal son story and how Jesus changed that at the end to tell us the true love the Father feels for us instead of the, yes. the human love that we, we put conditions and restraints, but God does not put that on us. Beautiful what he does for us. And you know, when he ran to his son, he didn't run to his son and then say, well, now you have to do your penance. Now you have to do some time in perjury. Absolutely. Instead, he was like, bring the fatted calf bring the ring, bring the robes. I yes. want to show everyone my son's home again. And that's the same love that the father feels for each and every one of us. And he, he can overwhelm us with that love to the point that we start to believe in it for ourselves. It's so beautiful. That's so true. To that person out there who feels like you've got a long way to go, David spoke of that and he said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, that's not the perfect days. That's not the days when you've got it all together. That's every single day of your life directly behind you is goodness and mercy. When you're in the pits of sin, when you've thrown your life in the gutter, or when you're on the mountaintop, goodness and mercy are right behind you. 
And you may have taken millions of steps away from your destiny, away from God's call on your life, away from his will. But if you'll, if you'll simply turn around and stop walking the way you're walking, he's right there waiting on you. Wow. That's so beautiful. Well, I feel refreshed and blessed in my spirit. (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Before we go, do you want to share a little bit about what's coming up for your podcast? You mentioned the story about your baby girl, which, by the way, I love her name, Naomi Faith. That's beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get some more interviews lined up, which, of course, I don't give you permission to use any of this audio if you don't first agree to be on the Born Again podcast. (laughs) Wow. Okay, sure. No, I'd love to. I'd love to be on your podcast. You don't even have to threaten me on that one. I'll I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm My main goal with the podcast is to share my story and other stories like mine. And I also just want to be an encouragement in any way that I can. I want to share the gospel. That's that's the main goal, the born again experience and what it takes to be born again. I want to get down to some of the basic doctrines of oneness Pentecostalism, what we believe, what we teach, and not just what we believe, but why we teach it and why we believe it why it's so important. I think the world is just hurting right now and it it needs as much encouragement as it can get. There are so many broken people around us and we have the answer. Those of us who've been filled with the Holy Ghost, we've been born again. We have what this hurting world needs and I want to do everything I can to give it away. Jesus said, freely you have received, so freely give it away. And that's, that's, That's the goal for the podcast. I love it. I love it. Well, you've definitely encouraged me through your podcast. So you're well on your way there. And you're you're definitely sharing the gospel. I mean, the stories, the things you've said are profound, but stated in a way that just make common sense too. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I think Pentecostals, we can get on our high horse and start talking over people's heads. And it's like, no, we gotta, we gotta share it the real way, the way he he wants it shared, the way he shared it with us. I mean, there was nothing pretty about the cross. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I feel like everybody in the audience should understand what you're saying, even if it's a four-year-old kid. You know, we we love our our pretty sermons and our great Instagram reels, but at the end of the day, if we're hyped up, but we haven't been fed the word, if we go home feeling refreshed in the spirit, but we don't remember what was preached, there's a problem. Mm. We've got to get back to simple teaching of the Bible that everybody can understand. We can pump people up and we can get people excited. But just to be honest, at the end of the day, if, if they're not taught, if they can't say that I have a, a better understanding of the Bible now that now that I've heard you speak, then we've really missed it. And I pray that that never happens to us. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to honor your hard stop coming up here in a second. So I just want to give you a chance. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Uh, Any thoughts that you're having on your heart for anyone who might be listening to this or any plugs you want to do where people can reach you? Let me just ask you this too. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask that you didn't get to? No, I mean, you literally covered everything down to when's the first time you heard about the Holy Ghost? How did that go? Like, I mean, literally, you covered every single question I had. So (laughs) crushing it. (laughs) (laughs) okay i even had how did you meet your spouse (laughs) and you answered that wow so (laughs) well good deal (laughs) god was in this well there we go yeah there is one other thing that i would say 
to anybody out there who may be struggling. Several months ago, we had a, a huge life change, and I struggled with it for years, to be quite honest. I uh, fasted and prayed and just sought the will of God, and it was just a hard time. And one day, I was just feeling the worst I've felt in a long time. And so I, I came home and I laid across the bed, just weeping, just pouring my heart out to God. All of a sudden, the words came to my mind. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I had to think to myself, where is that even at in the Bible? You know, that just it just randomly came to my head and I said it out loud. And the more I thought about it, I realized that's Psalm 23. So I went to Psalm 23 and I started to read. And I think that's maybe verse three or four. And I, I was reading it out loud. I said, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And God just smote my heart. It was like he just totally interrupted me. And it was like God was saying, you just read that wrong. And I was thinking, uh, I know I didn't read it wrong, but I looked back over it and I read it out loud again. The Bible says he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I've always read that as he leads me in the path of righteousness. The first time I said that out loud, I said he leads me in the path of righteousness. And I've always seen God's will as this one linear path that if you make one mistake and you step to the side or you turn aside and go a different way, that you're doomed to a life of misery, you know, because you've missed the will of God. And in that moment, it was so powerful. God spoke to me and he said, you can choose whichever path you want, as long as it's a path of righteousness and a path that brings glory to my name. And I just, I began to weep right there. I realized it's not just one straight path that you can't ever decide how you want to live your life. There's many different paths that you can choose. And God just, he, he just interrupted my life. And he said, it's going to be okay. You can do whatever you feel that you're called to do, as long as it's something that brings honor to me and it brings me glory. Hmm. And I just, I want to encourage somebody for those who are doing their best to serve God, I feel like your greatest desire in life is to be in his will. And sometimes that can get so foggy. It's like, God, what have you really called me to do? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And you can just get lost in that, honestly. It can be become really depressing. I feel like God's saying it's, it's much simpler than that. You can live your life with joy knowing that every step that I take is led by him. Every decision that I make is led by him as long as I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I'm bringing him glory and bringing him honor. So I would just tell anybody today, follow after God the way you know how and seek after godly counsel and seek after his word and pray and fast. And if you're doing those things, you can be confident that you're doing what he wants you to do. A very important message, because you're right, I think we all, myself included, get linear trains of thought, and we think there's only one move forward. And sometimes God hands us a buffet of options, and all the choices are good, as long as they're according to his word. And we can get so stuck in like, well, no, because I think I'm only allowed to eat a hamburger. And he's like, well, you can have a steak too. <laughs> to make it make a little more sense, you, you mentioned on your last podcast about divorce, and you mentioned 
somewhere along in there, you said that you don't believe that God has just one person you can marry. You don't believe in the one. And, you know, I used to believe differently. I would have said, you're wrong, but I believe that now. I believe that God gives us the opportunity to choose what we want. And that's the whole point God was showing me. I care about what you care about. You know, I care about your decisions. I care about what really makes you happy. And of course, life's not all about, you know, do whatever you can to be happy. But I'm saying God cares about those things. Yeah. And he wants you to be fulfilled. So you don't have to stress or be anxious about the fact that what if I'm not doing exactly what he wants me to be? Sometimes you can just rest in the fact that, okay, I know my heart's right. You know, I know I'm prayed up and God is okay with the fact that I won't choose to be happy. <laughs> I feel like as Christians, we, we rebel against happiness so much that it's like I can never be happy if I'm in the will of God. I feel like a lot of people feel that way, you know. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is you can be happy and in the will of God at the same time. That's right. That's beautiful. And so true. And yes, yes, we all, <laughs> I think I talked about that a little bit in the Martha episode, how I was feeling like, if I'm not stressed to the max, then I'm not doing enough. Yeah. God's like, you can breathe, hon. Absolutely. You don't have to work yourself to the bone. I never asked that of you. Yeah. Just sit at my feet for a little while. Yeah. Take a breather. It's okay. Well, Brother Hagen, as you said at the beginning of your testimony, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I think after hearing your testimony and your story, we can all agree that he's delighting in your way. Amen. I hope so. (laughs) Keep up the good work. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, thank you for joining us. And I will be sure to plug all of your podcast links into the show notes down below so people can find you. Absolutely. I surely appreciate the opportunity. Well, I'm very grateful you were able to join us. And now I will let you return to that beautiful little baby girl. (laughs) Yes. I would like to pray over the audience before we go, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I would love for you to do that. Wherever you are today, I pray that you would just stop what you're doing. And even if you're in your car, I would ask you right now to pull over. I feel the presence of the Lord right here in this room where I am. And I believe this is a divine moment. So take just a little bit of time and devote to the Lord right now. I want you to open up your heart and open up your mind. And I want you to pray this with me. God, you see me where I am right now. You see the struggles of my life. God, you see the mess that I've made. Lord Jesus, you see the torment that I'm in, God. You see the depression that I face. You see this high anxiety that I deal with on a daily basis. God, you know these struggles and you've heard the questions that I've asked. God, you hear me when I pray and I know that you do. Lord, you love me and you care about me. God, and you have great plans for me. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. I'm not here by accident. But everything that has happened in my life has been for your divine will. God, I pray right now that you would move on each and every listener today. Lord, wherever they're at in their journey with you, God, as the tears stream down their eyes, I pray you would give them an understanding that you've always been there for them and that your goodness and your mercy has always been right behind them, following after them, chasing after them. God, you continue to pursue us even in our mistakes, even in our bad decisions. God, you're always seeking after us. And just like the prodigal son's father, you're standing there waiting for that moment that we turn around and say, I've got to get back to my father. Lord, I pray for every person that hears this episode today who has not been born again of the water and the spirit 
as Jesus said in John chapter 3. I pray that they would consider that. I pray that they would take your words to heart. I pray that they would realize it's the missing link. God, it's that empty void in their heart that they've been searching to fill. God, I pray right now for each person that's not received that experience in Acts chapter 2. I pray they would receive it today. I pray from this point forward you would move in their lives, God. Lord Jesus, we surrender our hearts to you. We repent of every sin that we've ever committed, Lord. You've seen it. And today, God, we understand you're not ashamed of us. God, but you're just happy that we're here to give it all to you. God, we lay our sins down at the foot of the cross. We lay down our mistakes. And with that, we lay down our heavy burdens. We take up your yoke upon us, God. I pray that you would pour out your spirit on this world. These are dark times that we're living in, Lord. But I know, God, without a doubt, that you're going to give us a great harvest of believers. I know without a doubt, God, your word says that in these last days you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. God, I believe it's going to happen, and I proclaim it to be so. By the power of the name of Jesus and by the authority of your word, we proclaim that the people listening to this episode today will receive your spirit. They will be born again. They will go on to do great things in your kingdom. God, we love you and we thank you. We give you all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.